You're listening to the Extra Point Podcast. During this podcast, we will dive deeper into our Sunday teaching and share practical next steps for your faith journey. Now, let's kick off the Extra Point. Well, hello. Welcome, everybody, to the Extra Point Podcast here at Southridge Church. I'm Scott Beha, the lead pastor here. And this week, I get to turn the microphone around and be the interviewer instead of the interviewee, as I had this past Sunday off. And our Discipleship and Next Steps pastor, Pastor Cheryl Ross, um, was our teacher for this weekend in week Mm -hmm. two of our Out of Bounds series. So for today, I will be asking some questions uh, to Pastor Cheryl and also elaborating on some of the stuff that she talked about on Sunday. So a quick recap of Sunday's message um, and uh, of the series as a whole, we're looking at how um, there were things that Jesus said and did quite often that were way out of bounds of what the cultural and social norms and religious norms of the first century Jews were. And it's kind of what landed him in a lot of hot water with the religious uh, leaders of the day. And Pastor Cheryl told us a story about how um, Jesus was questioned about his disciples eating grain um, that they picked as they walked through a field on the Sabbath. And then Jesus follows that up, which already upset the Pharisees (laughs) enough, by healing someone on the Sabbath. And so we had a great talk Mm -hmm. about the role that uh, relationship plays in faith, as well as the role that rules play Mm -hmm. in faith. And so one of the things I wanted to start with um, for Pastor Cheryl to to give us some more insight on is why do you think that it is easy? Because I think that we give the Pharisees a hard time. Yeah. When honestly, the, I I'll tell you, I can be mm-hmm. the biggest Pharisee around, mm-hmm. and so I think it being a Pharisee sometimes comes easy to people. Why do you think it's easier to focus on more temporary or easier things like rules? than it does to focus on more difficult things like people and relationships. What is it about us that we kind of tend to go that that route where we lean towards rules more than re- uh, relationship? Well, relationships are messy. Like, they're hard. They're difficult. They take a lot of effort. It's not just reliant on you, but also the other person. It's, you know, that aspect of, you know, where rules, I can follow the rules all day long. And it's just me, like, I'm in charge of myself, I control myself in that way. But when you're talking about a relationship, it's more than one person, it's two people. And so it just takes an extra effort and time. And also just the differences between people where we are all uniquely made and wired in a different way. Um, I think that we can tend to um, just have conflict when really there shouldn't be, but often it's just a a difference of opinion or things. And so um, I think it's more of that aspect of more than just you is involved. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you made a really good distinction right at the beginning that, when it comes to people, people are messy. Mm-hmm. Rules, like a rule book is there for yeah. a reason. Like yeah. it's set, like it literally, it helps you govern things. It's mm-hmm. objective. There is, whereas people and the way that our relationships go on some level is subjective because mm-hmm. you don't know what mood they're going to be in on right. a certain day or, or and you don't know how they're going to respond. So there's a subjectivity to 
um, the relationship mm-hmm. um, that kind of goes up and down with human emotions and just kind of whatever's going on in life. Whereas the rules, they're just black and white. They, they yeah. just are. And so, I, you know, I think it's just easier to gravitate towards mm-hmm. what's already there and say, hey, look, here's the rule. You didn't measure up. Sorry about it. Whereas when it comes to people, sometimes there's like, all right, well, there, there's nuance there with people mm-hmm. that we have to go, okay, here's the rules, but here's what's going on in this person's life. And, mm-hmm. and, and in different situations, um, the relationship has to take precedence and in other uh, situations, right. the rule has to take precedence. Yeah. And so that can be a tricky thing to try mm-hmm. and manage. And so I want to get to that. Um, Jesus makes this, um, makes this point that like David and his guys, they went in mm-hmm. to the temple and ate. So there was like a loophole for them and his mm-hmm. disciples, disciples are picking this grain and eating it on the Sabbath. And he's like, there should be a loophole here as well. Um, and, and me, what, what popped into my mind is if I was a more of a natural rule breaker, which I fully am. Mm-hmm. And I heard someone preach that yeah. I would feel like, are you saying that Christianity has an inherent loophole in it where as long as I can say I'm doing it for the good of someone else, that I can disregard any sort of rule or like where, where do I, where do I, how do I figure out that when the relationship is more important or, or what we're calling rules yeah. or objective standard of truth or morality or whatever it is, how do I know which one of those takes precedence if, you know, we say Jesus met needs right. and kind of sometimes shrugged off some of the other rules. How do we know how to manage that? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's, it's definitely dependent on the situation and bottom line. Like if you really look at this, um, it was, it was more of the additional things that were added that weren't really, uh, where they were just forgetting the heart of the rule. Because I said, I don't think I said it second service, but first service, I, I did say, you know, rules aren't a bad thing. Like rules are there, like you said, to guide us, to direct us, to keep us safe, to um, do those kind of things. And so like speed limits, those are in place for safety. Like, and, um, and a lot of our laws are in, in place for safety. And I think you have to really make sure that you're, um, your level of, of good or what's right mm-hmm. lines up with what God says is good or right. Like, so like, what if, what if I'm speeding to get somewhere that like, okay, let's say my wife is going into labor at that point, that relationship matters more than the, the rule of the speed limit. Maybe. I mean, Maybe. I'd say you, you want to get the there safely. I mean, Potentially, the cop would yeah. probably escort you if you yeah. were actually pulled over. Yeah. But and that's just where like calling ahead, you know, when yeah. you're in that situation, you know, I took I took birthing classes, so we knew like yeah. to call ahead or those kind of things. So we were taught that in that class, um, what to do in those situations. But you know, if you're speeding and driving like a maniac, and you have your pregnant wife who's in in labor, active labor, but you know, you get in a car accident, does that really help? Yeah. Like, is that really putting yeah. the need first? And so you have to weigh those those things because there's a lot of extra risk a lot of times. Yeah when you're doing something like breaking breaking that. So there's a but, lot of wisdom that has to be used yes. to do what Jesus is doing here. Yeah. And so like for for the run of the mill follower of Jesus, any of us listening to this, 
I don't think I could see how some mm-hmm. people might look at this and go, all right, there's always an inherent loophole in Christianity that as long as I can make it about loving someone else, mm-hmm. being kind to someone else, then I can get away with anything. But that's not really the case that's happening. Mm-hmm. Je- Jesus is exercising an intense amount of wisdom anytime mm-hmm. that he is, um, anytime he's in a situation. Because to be honest, if you look at, the way that Jesus operates, especially like in something like the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 6, and mm-hmm. 7. There's no way you can look at, at what he says there and say that Jesus is not a fan of some sort of standard. Right. Because, in fact, he, he would take the Old Testament standard. He would say, you have heard it said, blank, like, mm-hmm. do not commit adultery. Mm-hmm. And then he would go, but I say unto you, which is like totally new for all rabbis, like this is an authoritative way of teaching and he goes i say to you if you've even looked at someone with lust in your heart you've already committed adultery and so no there's not an inherent loophole in christianity that you go well it's more loving to take this position so therefore Mm -hmm. i'm valuing my relationship more than the rule that's not always the case we do have to exercise caution Mm -hmm. when doing this and realizing that jesus was able to make this decision to to say hey when it comes to picking a couple heads of grain on the Sabbath, guys, I think that you might need to chill out a little bit about this. Or, you know, the next story that we get into in Mark chapter 3 that happens right after this, Mm -hmm. he heals a paralyzed man's hand. And for Jesus, he goes, all right, it's an easy question. What what should we do? Should we do good or should we do harm? On any day of the week, Mm -hmm. you know, and so he's able to exercise that sort of Mm -hmm. wisdom. One of the things that I want to get into um, cause I, I thought it was neat. You, you pulled this out. It's in Mark three, five. It says he looked around at them angrily mm. and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. I like how it highlights Jesus's emotion because it shows mm-hmm. the human side of him. Yeah. And I thought maybe we could talk just a little bit about, because sometimes emotions and feelings get a bad rap, right. um, when they, when they really shouldn't. Mm-hmm because they are useful in certain situations of right. how there is a good side to emotion. Um, it, could you elaborate on that? Like the fact that Jesus was angry and saddened, it actually mattered in a good way because mm-hmm. um, he wasn't mastered by his feelings. Right. So share, share a little bit about the good side of emotions and how it can lead us to the right thing. Yeah. So um, I know I got into it a little bit about how like, emotions a lot of times like the things that move you emotionally are things that you're either going to be passionate about like in either whether that's a good passion towards it or passionate about that shouldn't happen um because those things are are things that god has kind of wired you in a certain way to where you know i maybe have a burden for mental health and I, my emotion behind it, when I see someone struggling or I hear stories of things, I have a lot of empathy towards that. And I have a lot of understanding just because of my experience, but I could decide, oh, I shouldn't be emotional about that. And I shouldn't, you know, whatever, but then I would never do anything about it. The thing is that our emotions often are telling us it's a way that our body tells us what we should actually do, whether that's with our lives or in a situation, um, you know, that if we 
um, are angry about something, then maybe there's something a little deeper that we need to get into and figure out why that's why that's causing anger. I think anger is one of those emotions that I think everybody automatically goes to. That's bad. You should not be angry. Um, but we see throughout scripture that um, God gets angry. I mean, you're going to share a story in a few weeks about Jesus, like really just next level. Um, but there's a, and I think you talked about it last, the week before last, um, about a righteous anger. Yeah. And, um, so a lot of times we want to push down those emotions and not actually kind of dig a little deeper to say, okay, I'm sad about this. Why am I sad about this? Yeah. What, what should I do about that sadness now? Like, or what should I do with that root cause is causing this to kind of come up in me. Um, I think it's, it's that that makes us dig a little deeper and also often moves us to action. Yeah. I think what happens is when, when feelings and emotions get a bad rap, it's because, um, when we try to change truth based on feelings, we Mm -hmm. get into some really, um, choppy waters. Yeah. But to neglect feelings would be a mistake because the way that the Lord made each of us Mm -hmm. is that they almost serve as like the check engine light. Like when something, when you feel an emotion in a certain Mm -hmm. way, it is a notification to your, you know, internal phone that goes, something's not right. Right. And that's, that's one of the really healthy things about emotion. Um, Emotion and feelings can't change facts, but they can let you know that maybe something's not going on. Um, right, or that, that you care deeply about something. Um, one of the things that I, I, I really um, appreciated from Sunday was the personal story that you shared mm-hmm. um, about having to work on Sundays. And I thought maybe you could share just a little bit about the, you know, the long-term effects mm-hmm. of, you know, l- literally living out what, what you were preaching about here, where you were trying to do your best as a teenager who had to work to help provide for your family, but also you loved mm-hmm. Jesus and you wanted to be, you know, there. Like, wh- what are some of the long-term effects, and I think good and bad, mm-hmm. of having that experience where people sort of look down on you a little bit for working on Sundays? Yeah. So long-term effects, I think one of the big things is that whenever I see someone who you know, maybe their attendance isn't what we think it should be, or maybe they're not getting involved as much. I tried to always think, okay, what could be going on in their life? Um, what might be the reason for this? It doesn't necessarily mean that there's a lack of devotion or love for God. Like, and, and I think that's the biggest thing that our culture has just been such of a mindset that unless you're in the building, that you're not really devoted to it, that you're not committed to it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just not true yeah. because I mean, we see like the majority of Jesus's ministry did not necessarily take place in the temple, you know, yeah, it was out and about. And there are many different ways to connect. Like I was connecting with my friends. What they didn't know is that every day at lunch, my friends and I sat together. We shared prayer requests. We prayed together. We ought, One of us usually would share a scripture. We were doing things and committed, you know, we attended FCA. We did, like, we did so many other things. And so, um, 
you know, the negative side of that is that for a lot of people, when they experience that judgment and those kind of things, they're just like, well, forget it. I don't need you if you're going to act like that. I don't need to be a part of this if people are going to treat me like yeah. this. And they just stop altogether because they base their, you know, they kind of base God on the people rather than on Jesus and who God really is. And so um, negative could be that total where you just drive them away completely. But positive, I think, for me is that I always try to look and really get to the heart of things with people um, when when I see that maybe it's not exactly what we'd want. Yeah, it... it, it. I, I do see that um, definitely in as being a benefit to your ministry that like, and we're all in ministry shaped by the stuff that we've gone through. And so therefore we have some, each of us on staff and each, each person at any church that's ministering has certain things that they have soft spots for that were all shaped by our experiences with people mm-hmm. of faith growing up or, or mm-hmm. anything like that, because what we end up seeing a lot growing up in church is that there are people that just they have pet rules that they like mm-hmm. um you know i i grew up um in a tradition where most people would never think of working on a sunday but they took it to an extreme it was mm-hmm. like don't work on a sunday but don't don't cut your yard on the sunday even if that's the only time all week long that you have to get that grass cut yeah. don't you better not do it you better take a nap like like all, of, and, you know, and as a kid, you yeah. fight against that because you're like, I don't want to take a nap. And then yeah. you're like, it's the Lord's day. It's time to take a nap. Take a rest. <laughs> and it's all this. And I think that we really need to spend time as a as people of faith of understanding what the Sabbath really was mm-hmm. and what it was for. Um, but we do. We kind of have those pet rules that we elevate higher than others. And you mm-hmm. can tell that this is definitely one of the Pharisees pet yeah. rules that they just they just made a big deal out of mm-hmm. and, and i was thinking you know we've all had probably run-ins with people that call themselves people of faith and um you know the church and people of faith for many 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 years has been uh people have been critical saying that they don't want to go to church because everyone everyone there's a bunch of hypocrites mm-hmm. and like the church normally try to fight back against that it's like no no we're not we've got it all together but the proper response would be like yes <laughs> the church is full of hypocrites like because those people that judged you for working on Sunday no doubt about it had their own proclivities and issues mm-hmm. and sins um and yet they were unaware of it and so I was thinking here we're very critical of the Pharisees as I said at the beginning yeah. for being hypocrites but really the truth is we are all hypocrites mm-hmm. in some way shape form or fashion mm-hmm. Like we all have things that we really bug us. And there's all, there's also things that we have a lot of grace for. Mm-hmm. And I, so I want to talk just real quick about the difference between hypocrites that know that they are hypocrites and hypocrites that don't know that they're hypocrites, because mm-hmm. that's the truth. Yeah. Followers of Jesus are hypocrites, Yeah, but most of us know it. Yeah. Like I know that there's a standard yeah. that I fail. Yeah. What what the problem is, there's another type of hypocrite that mm-hmm. knows there is a standard and doesn't think that they've ever violated it right. or will ever violate it. What is the the difference in those two and, and the dangers of, of that type of Pharisee? Yeah, um, I think that one of the 
biggest things would be self-awareness um, to really just and, and self-reflection. Probably the people who don't realize that they are in that categ- category, they're not taking the time to really um, self-reflect and take time to be aware and say, okay, God, is there anything in me that is not right? Even when you think you're doing great, like, God, okay, what is it? Is there anything there that maybe I could improve upon that I'm not doing right Um, I think, you know, I know that you personally, I know you take lots of time, um, in, in self-reflection and time to really just get, get alone or get away. I mean, you shared with that a couple of weeks ago about taking the time just to, you know, to go see a movie or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, to take that time to kind of just step back away from everything else and really sit and ask yourself some questions. Um, I think that's the, the, the biggest difference I would say I think the danger of it is that you end up potentially hurting a lot of people along the way and not even realize realizing it yeah so I mean when it comes to being a hypocrite in the church really the better posture is to say yes I am a hypocrite but at Mm -hmm. least I know it because then I can have grace for other people if I'm unaware of the fact that I need grace then I will extend grace to absolutely nobody. And Mm -hmm. that's the problem with the Pharisees when we see them pop up in the Gospels and the other religious leaders that pop up in the Gospels is they are just so unaware. Man, self-awareness is such a gift Mm -hmm. that so many people um, have never opened up in their life before, and it causes them so much trouble and problems. And so um, I'm excited for week three of... Um, our Out of Bounds series coming up this week. I'll be back uh, teaching in um, this series, and we're going to be talking about um, how Jesus healed a leper this time and not a not a paralyzed man, but a leper. And uh, we're really going to dig into some neat stuff and some stuff I, mm-hmm. I think will be cool from the old Levitical law that maybe we've never talked about and seen Mm -hmm. uh, before. But thank you so much for joining us here on the Extra Point podcast at Southridge Church. Thank you to Pastor Cheryl Ross for her uh, teaching this past weekend and for being with us today. And with that being said, we hope that you will check us out next week, same time, same place. Thanks for tuning in to the Extra Point. Be sure to subscribe to the Southridge Church Podcast and tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Extra Point.